Hallelujah. I saw some people didn't catch it. <laughs> catch it. Give praise to God. I said give praise to God. Give praise to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. When I'm done by the grace of God, you will see, you will probably understand better why you must always be grateful to God. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for today. When we count our blessings and we name them, we never can finish. Teach us how to appreciate you and to appreciate the people around us, to appreciate the things around us. Appreciate the opportunities, O oh Lord. And help us, Lord, not just to see them, but to respond to them. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, this morning, um, as you might know, around this time of the year, Reverend Dennis is not here, so he's out of town waiting. And um, our sister Eunice has had to also step out of town on assignment. Amen. Let our hearts be in prayer for them as well. I want us to engage in this season of thanksgiving and appreciation. Seven things you must not take for granted. Seven things we must not take for granted. I know that the Bible or our own lives experiences have many things for which we can be grateful to God. And if we were to go into everybody's thanksgiving or worship prayer, I'm very sure people will have different reasons why they want to thank God. But sometimes we tend to get it all mixed up. Even when we say we are having a time of thanksgiving, Lord, I thank you for my life. 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 It's not all about breathing. Life is not all about breathing. Hallelujah. The breath is, is, is important. But the breath must translate into meaning. Hallelujah. So when we consider thanksgiving and appreciation, we need to trust God or allow God to give us a focus. So if you read the scriptures in the book of Ecclesiastes, God talks about seven things he hates. That is not an exhaustive list of all the things God hates. He talks about one that um, creates discord among brethren. He talks about a proud look and some other bad things. But that is, when you read that part alone, you say, this is all God hates, so I'm out of it you would have made a mistake. Hallelujah. Equally, when we come to appreciate God, 
And I say that there are seven things that we must not despise. It doesn't mean these are the only things we must not despise. There may be other things. In fact, there are other things. But as led by the Spirit today and in the church, and I believe in what God is inspiring me to share with you, these seven things are important by the conviction I have. Amen. I want to outline them first, and then we will deal with each one of them. The first, and not in necessarily in any order, but the first thing is the relationship with God. Relationship with God is something that many people, Christians and non-Christians, take for granted. There are many people who are looking for God in this world who still haven't found God. And I'll explain that when I get to the breakdown. The second important thing that you, we must not take for granted is relationship with people, human beings. God created the world and he created human beings. The first man he created is called Adam. And God made sure he didn't fellowship with the animals. He didn't fellowship with the sun. That's why you must not worship the sun. He didn't fellowship with rivers. He didn't fellowship with the trees. But he made man responsible. And he came in the, close, in the cool of the day to interact with human beings. Hallelujah. Adam was the first man's name. And God made man the custodian of his creation. Hallelujah. So, in, 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 in appreciating the things of God in our lives, we must appreciate, learn to appreciate people. And when I say people, I'm not talking about tongue-speaking church people alone. Any human being God has created, and I'll explain that into detail. There are many people who are in church who think that the only honor and respect and the value uh, that they should put on people is only people who are within their church enclave or their so-called uh, um, biological enclave. But God requires of us to appreciate every human being. Say amen. The third thing we must not take for granted is the body of Christ. There is a certain power, there is a certain resource, there is a certain grace. There are some of the riches of God you would not find anywhere. You go online, you can be very, very whatever in any area, very skilled in any area, but we need the body of Christ. And there are hidden treasures of God that he has placed in human beings who are called Christians, who are called the body of Christ. Hallelujah. That you will not find out in the world. You may, you may have very good professors, intellectuals, professionals of all sorts, but there is a hidden mystery of God. In the book of Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew, in chapter 13, verse 45 to 47, Jesus makes a profound, two profound statements in parables. He said that a man found a pearl of great price. 
And he sold all that he had and got it. Now, then he gives another parable that a man in the land, he said a man found another pearl. Hallelujah. And for, for the sake of that thing, let's look at it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. Who, when he found one of great price, went and sold all he had and bought it. Now, this pearls of life are hidden in different places. This is not just one. Go on to the next place. Who, when he had, no, verse 46, who, when he had found, found of, and went and sold all that, then verse 47, and the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea. No, go to the earlier verse, 43, 43 to 45, but instead of 40, go back to 43. 44. It's like a man, like a treasure, hid in a field, which when a man had found, he hid it, and for joy, goeth and selleth all that he had. Both cases, selling all that they have, getting what it is. Now, these things I'm saying are treasures God has hidden in these relationships, and these institutions, and these individuals that you may not find all in one place. That's what I'm saying. Hallelujah. And so, I've said that the treasures of God are hidden in your relationship with God. The treasures of God are hidden in your relationship with humanity. Your treasures of God are hidden in your relationship with the church. Number four, one of the things you must never forsake or take for granted is the word of God. There are certain treasures no matter how sociable you are, if you don't connect to the word of God very well, you will miss them. Hallelujah. You can be a very popular person. That's why not all presidents find favor with God. Not all kings find favor with God. Not all people of eminence or preeminence find favor with God. Or do well or are fulfilled. There are many big people who for, for, for the fact that they did not enjoy life, even had to commit suicide, committed suicide because they were not fulfilled. Hallelujah. So the word of God is a relationship if a man does not court, he, there are certain treasures he will have a problem with. Number five. Our faith. Many of us think that being a man or a woman of faith in Christ is like just another religious thing. We see many other people practicing things and we say, oh, uh, it, 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 this person is, is just this other faith. We are all brethren. We are all brothers. We, oh, we are all the same. It's not so. It's not the same. Unless a child of God identifies the uniqueness of the relationship, that is in Christ, he will miss out on certain treasures. Amen. And many times we, we miss out because we don't know the value of what we have. Amen. Jesus said he will not even cast a spell before swine. We miss out on the secrets of God because we don't know what our faith contains and what God has placed in our faith, in its uniqueness. Our faith cannot be equated to any, with all due respect. Much as we will respect other people of other faith and 
and, and relate to them in different ways. The truth of the matter is that Christ alone, we, on Him alone, our life stands. Amen. Number five, number six, is that you must not neglect is a good name. Whether your own good name or people who have built a good name. One of the things that I've seen in this part of the world, and in many parts, especially with the where the media is active and all of that, social media and all that, people find it easy to play around with messing up with people's good names that God has given them. I have learned over these few years of life, and especially through marriage. Thank God for my wife. Amen. 28 years. Thank you, auntie. God bless you. I've learned that when God gives you a good name, you don't take it for granted. When God gives somebody else a good name, don't take him or her for granted. And last but not the least, don't take for granted older people. Older people. Let me begin by talking a bit about the older people. The scripture says in the book of Job, chapter 12, verse 12. It says, with the ancient is wisdom. We are in a generation that people don't respect gray hair. We are talking about thanking God. If you are going to, you're closer to thank God for people, for, for things. It's good to thank God for your cars, for your marriage, for your life and enjoyment that you have, your school. But look, I'm talking about deep things that will unlock a lot of things for you. One of the secrets that this generation has missed out is on is the, 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 the secret of the resource, godly resource in older people. Senior brothers, senior sisters, aunties, mothers, uncles, and all older people, whether they're in your family or not, older people. Scripture says, woe is a nation whose king is a child. In three, we say, new fear. We are in a generation where everybody is rationalizing. You see, I, I, I differ from you because your, your point of view is different from this whole philosophy of rationalization is undermining the treasure of wisdom. The treasure of knowledge. The treasure of even family hidden riches. Because sometimes people are disrespectful in homes, families. The secrets are not revealed to them. Fathers and mothers, grandfathers have died and not revealed secrets about families to people because of disrespect. Because people did not honor old age. People have disrespected their children because of of, of this thing I'm talking about. I, I thank God I'm not perfect. But one of the things I can remember is that as far back as the age of five or so, between four and five, I believe, I just had a, a desire to be close to all the grand people in my family. My grand uncles and others. One of them is called Nanausu. The late Nanausu. He died maybe in 1975 or 76. 
And I remember very well, I used to be his close, even though I was small, friend. He taught me so much, which has affected my life today. It was not, I was not born again. I was not speaking in tongues. I didn't know how to read the Bible. But the wisdom of dealing with people, the wisdom, even in eating, the way before, or see, before, when you are eating fufu, don't eat it like a chicken. Eat it from the side. And the food, your food will look nice. Amen. He taught me how to fold cloth. I was five. When he comes from a funeral, I'll get close to him. If you work with the ancient, even the ministry that I'm standing on today, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Because when I was after sixth form, I lived with a man called Paddy Brew. He was much older than me. We shared the same room for a year. It is through him, even though I was born again many years, I didn't know how to hold the microphone to speak in public. To lead meetings. To teach. It was when I stayed with Paddy. That's when I got to know all these new, the, the, our, uh, those who are now known as charismatic leaders. Uh, except the Archbishop. Because Archbishop, I, I was there when he started the church at Action in 79. But all of them, it is through my relationship with Paddy Brew. That I realized that I had something in me by the grace of God I could also do. Working with the ancient has opened many doors. I can't tell you how many doors it has opened for me. It's a secret of success in life and of pleasing God. You may be born again. You know the voice of God. You can pray, you can fast. But if you, if you don't have any spiritual helper, or any social helper. You see somebody like Papa Anipa. Eight years still counting. Eight years still counting. Don't despise them. Don't despise the ancient. Because. And appreciate them. You might be better at anything. that You, you may have made some mistakes that you think in your time you haven't made. I can tell you. Regard them. Any ancient, if anybody who is one day, you may be twins, your older brother or your older is still an ancient. Respect the age. Respect the age. Ancient also, immaturity. The scripture says in Proverbs 22, 28, say, remove not the ancient landmarks. Many of us don't in our thinking, we think that, oh, we and God, we are connection. No. The ancient has something. You may, we may not like their religious or spiritual connections. That's true. But there is something about them. And for us all, I urge you, especially young people who are having issues with their parents, their mothers, their husbands, the people that are older than and think that, oh, he can go his way. She can go her way. I'll be okay. No, don't say that. 
we all need the Asian. We all need, no, we don't, don't despise the Asian. Don't say that, oh, oh, people don't matter. I've seen it. It's a secret. There are hidden treasures of God in the Asians. Say amen. I have another uncle who used to be a, de- a governor, deputy governor with the Bank of Ghana. I'll be proud to mention his name. You know, this man w- was high up there, but uh, offer. Oh, you're so humble, modest. He respects people. If you see me respecting people, and one of the persons who has influenced me most is this man. You should see him at our funerals and at our primary programs. He was the chairman of Merchant Bank for many years, the founding chairman. But when he, the way he used to relate to our old women, he was so much, I mean, he's, he, well, of course, he's not passed on, he's still alive. But he's, he, when he was active, he used to love people. He used to be close to old women, he, the village. He, he, when he comes to Atosu, or he goes to Atosu, you see him in getting close. And he has some profound statements he taught me. And they are still in me. They are still in me. And I use it for a lot of conflict, management, mediation, and situation. And in our family, many times when there was, there's a conflict, everybody goes to him. Even though he was younger than many of the older people, because the wisdom is with the Asians. He learned to work with the Asians. So I appreciate Wafayao. Everybody who wants, if you want to appreciate God and thank God for the year, look around for people that God has imbibed divine wisdom. And if you answer, earthly wisdom. One of my Late uncles. So, our course schools are only finance. They say, Abrocheno, Okwa. You will never name Naya, Mensa, Naya, so you fear Abroch. Number one, Sika. Number two, Epinansa. Number three, School Book Nyansa. When people go abroad, you get three kinds of wisdom. Wisdom to be wealthy. It's a different wealth. Somebody can be very wealthy, very rich in dealing with people. You understand? In relating to people, in respect, and he can be very proud. That's not good wealth. Then there can be somebody who is also Wealthy in the mind, very intellectual, very good analysis, very good on paper. That's also good. Then there are people who may not be able to study book because maybe the time they went abroad they were too old. So they couldn't go to school. But practical common sense wisdom. Look at somebody like Boachimatres. The late Boachimatres. I don't think he went to even secondary school. But introduced Vodou mattress to Ghana. The man died. I don't know how countless assets. He had. If he, he went to to Europe or America and came back, he was one of the earliest people travel. So there is wisdom in su- submitting or working with the ancient. That's all I'm saying. And appreciate. Don't despise. Don't take. The aged for granted. Say amen. 
I, I rest my case on that. Many of us, Ecclesiastes 7 verse 1, many of us don't know what it takes to get a good name. And I take Pastor Bimpong, who served in a public institution over 30 years with no dent on his reputation. You, you can say that, you can just look at him and say, oh, it's a great, the way the world is, <laughs> to walk through Africa, Ghana, in public service, no commission of, no nothing, no call your name, you, to walk through, somebody like our, our CDS, Janakwa, to walk through Ghana army with all the issues, complications, uh, what do you call that, that letter? What do you call that letter? The anonymous letter. <laughs> ah! This, that, that, that. And somebody says, 30 years, 30. My friend, my sister, my brother, if you are in a church with some people like this, this man and others who have served faithfully, my brother, my sister, wake up. Wake up. God has given them a good name. When you go to Ministry of Finance today, still, if you mention budget and issues related to that, you mention Setanipa. They mentioned three people who have been very astute, very dedicated. They did not do not found foul in that area, that area expertise. It's a good name. And one of the things we must learn to appreciate, no, don't destroy people that God has graced with a good name. But thank God for them. They may not be in your church. They may not be in your family. They may be in the nation. And sometimes it, it, it's, it's sad when you look at it from the political angle. People who have, have not accomplished anything. You see them because now there's social media and everybody can record anything and say anything. People just talk. I fear for some of those people. I fear for them. Especially the younger ones. They can be arguing about people they don't know. They can be saying things confidently because you heard it on Ghana Web. Ghana Web, I can write a letter and put it on. And say, this man is a thief. Everybody will just read it. After one week, they will redraw it. That's all. He's a thief. And thousands, a million followers have read it. You are a thief. And it's very difficult to change it. People, God has graced us with men and women, brothers and sisters. You too, you have a good name by the, at this age. You know, there are names that when you mention in the world or even in Ghana, nobody wants to identify with. So if God has given you a good name, a good reputation, at this age, be thankful to God for it. Because there is, there is an asset in a good name. A good name opens doors. There are certain things you may, you may look for. You mentioned, I remember a young man was looking for, uh, to rent a place of ours. And he, he, he came, I asked him a few questions about his name. Then I realized that his father had been very kind to us, my wife and I, and uh, Pastor Dennis, He's not in the church. Many years ago, this man, we went to his facility, and he took us out of his facility, his hotel facility, and he took us to his farm, freely. Showed us, he had these uh, beds, uh, ostrich or something like that. He was so generous, he was so nice. And because of the good name the man had had with us, I said, anything you want, because of your father. Because of your father. Anything you want, I will, I will do it for you. I, the father, I think, has passed on or something. But I said, because of you, you, this young man, I don't know you from anywhere. 
But I will be willing to make concessions for you because of your father. Beloved, when God gives you a good name, don't take it for granted. When you walk through school, four years, three years, SS, no scandal, university, people get to university and they sometimes attempt committing suicide because their name gets spoiled. They want to destroy themselves. You go through a year, you work in public service, and your name is intact. You are not identified with any scandal, any trouble. You should thank God. When your parents are able to walk through life, and you, you mention their names, and it opens doors for you, don't take it for granted. It's something you say, Lord, I thank you. Because a good name is better than riches. You see, this man sitting there, worked for how, how many years for Ecobank? 27 years or 30 years? 27 years. And says, I'm going. And if you go there now, because of the name, maybe somebody will say, ah, of course, somebody to say, oh, this man, he didn't allow me to do my connection. But there will be good people there, God will prepare, who will say, ah, if you are the daughter, if you are the son, or if you are coming in the name of this person, this favor will come your way. Be thankful to God. If it's not your own name alone, somebody else who God has blessed with the name, don't destroy. Thank God for their lives. Thank God for how far they've come. If you are, don't be jealous. Don't be envious. Don't say, oh, well, why is he the one there? Why is she the one there? No, 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 no. He says, a good name is better than precious ointment. Hallelujah. The third, I'm coming from the bottom, is our faith. In Second Peter 1, 1, we are told that we have been given precious faith. Many people, believers, believe, don't know that this Christian experience. You see, the scripture says in Acts 4, 12, it talks about neither is there salvation in any other name but Jesus, by which men ought to be saved. Look, Christianity is not, is not any other religion. It is simple. It's a, it's, we are unique. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This faith is a precious faith. This faith we have is precious that's why we, I gave you the parable in Matthew 13. It's precious. It's valuable. Don't say, I'll go into the world small and I'll come in small. If God be God, serve Him. If the Lord be God, you have found the truth. You have found righteous way. There are many people try to find other ways. Those ways lead to destruction. But you have found the way. Don't compromise the way. Don't duplicate the way. Don't say, oh, they, 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 I can combine it with traditional religion. Oh, I can, it's all the same. If uh, the, the, the faith says that, don't be unequally yoked. Don't say that we are all serving the same God. After all, uh, we, they all say this one, only that one prays in the name of this one, and that one prays in the name of that one. So it's, it's just that we, we are uh, uh, Christ-centered. No. Our faith is unique. Unless you treasure it, you will compromise your faith. Unless you know that Jesus is Jesus. Unless you accept that Jesus is the Son of God. Unless you, say that you accept that Jesus is the Savior of the world. You will compromise your faith. If you, are not, if you don't value the uniqueness of Jesus. You don't see him as the one who came to die. You don't just accept that, oh, he came on, he was a good prophet. He was a good man. That is not enough. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today and thou shalt be saved. Say amen. It's not about this church. It's not about CFCC. It's about Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. 
Other people may say what they want to say. But you are saying that I believe in Jesus. I am devoted to Jesus. I wholly surrender to him. And what it also means is that you believe in the doctrines of Jesus. The fundamentals of our faith. What are we talking about? The Trinity. We're talking about the value of the church. The kingdom of God. The body of Christ. Anything that has to do with our faith. You hold on to it. The, whole, the, the, the faith that has been handed down to us through our fathers, the church fathers, through the generations. I hold on to that faith. Say amen. Treasure it. That you are still born again in Second Peter 1.1. 1, 1. We have light, precious faith. Precious faith. Through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The uniqueness. So we are not just ordinary people of religion. We are, it's not a religious experience. Neither is it a cultural experience. Don't reduce your faith to culture. Don't reduce to a lifestyle. Don't even reduce it to a denomination. Let's be clear. Our faith is more than a denomination. Our faith in Jesus is unique. And we don't compromise. We don't change it. We don't, we, don't, we don't make it look ordinary. It is special. We feel special. We know. We are not proud, but we know that we are special. Our faith that we will die or we may die and meet him in heaven is a certain thing. We have hope in this faith that one day Jesus will appear and we shall be with him. So, he said, he who has this faith, this hope in himself, purifies himself. It's, under, it's, it's, it's this understanding, this revelation... That makes you decide to live holy. To decide to quit certain things. That's why you don't booze like other people booze. That's why you don't drink. You don't, you don't misbehave like other people misbehave. Because you see that you are belonging to a unique faith. Say amen. We are coming. In Psalm 19, verse 7, we are told... Of the uniqueness of our relationship with the word. The law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise and simple. When you read also Psalm 119. Many verses I won't read. But verse 8 talks about that, that the, the Lord. When we have the word he delivers us from sin. And many have said. 105 says. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. A light unto my path. Now it's very important. Why do people not study the word and have to be forced? Have you had your quiet time today? Where's your memory verse? Didn't you come to Sunday school? Why are people being forced? Because they don't understand. They disrespect. They undervalue. Why do people sometimes even say, oh, if I like, I'll come to, I'll be in church. Or if I like, I'll be, if I like, I'll do this for, God, for the word of God. If I like, I'll study. If I like, I'll study. Why are people struggling with the word of God? It's because many people undervalue it. What it can do for them. He says, I wear this a light, to my, a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Do, you, do we really believe it? Do we really believe that, that the word of God is more than precious gold? So that sometimes when we have to choose between getting gold and the word of God, we rather would opt for the word of God than to choose the gold. Do we really believe it? If we believe it, it will change certain things in our lives. It will change our priorities. It will change our hunger. That's why for many people, 
Bible study and church environment, hearing the word of God and interacting with people of faith is become, has been relegated. Because, you see, we haven't really, let's be honest with ourselves. For many, we've taken it for granted. Oh, the word is there. The word, oh, I know John uh, uh, 3.16. Oh, I know, I know. So the desire that there are inner, deeper, valuable riches of God in the word is not strong. That's why we take it for granted. We take it for granted. Because we don't know that even when we have a quarrel with our wives or our husbands, the word of God can settle it. That's why somebody can say, oh, so for this one there, it's not Bible, Bible. Or it's not word, word. But it's something else. Because we, have, we undervalue the word. The word, I'm not saying that, oh, read only Bible. No. But within the Bible, the secrets of life are hidden. Say amen. You see, and the Bible, reading it without understanding can be problematic. When I talk about not taking it for granted, it means that being concerned about the when you get a valuable something, you try to unravel it. So even gold, when you get it, you try to see. You ask, what, how many carats? Is it 22 or 18 or 14? What can this gold do? What can it not do? What can this metal do? What can it, so when you get you, you, you dissect it and divide, you do all kinds of things. You take it through the refinery. That's how the word of God ought to be treated. Hallelujah. That shows that you are not taking the word for granted. When people come to now, you see people in church, as if they are listening, but they are doing other social media stuff. And they are not it, it, it doesn't reflect that you are not taking it for granted, you are taking it for granted. Hallelujah. The disciples of Berea, they went home, they studied it, and they checked if what they heard was in it. It's, it means they, don't, they didn't take it for granted. To find out whether, sometimes the pastor will be preaching. So it's not everything the pastor says, that is really correct too. As I'm preaching now, I can sleep. I can say something out of my emotions. It's for you. If you don't take, if you take it serious, you check. And checkmate me in the scripture. You may not necessarily have the chance or the boldness to come to me the following week and say, Oh, Pastor, what you said, uh, uh, like one of our sisters did many years ago. Brother so-so and so, what you are saying, is this in the Bible? He was preaching. The late Brother Benza was preaching at a meeting. And somebody, uh, one of the sisters, a great singer, said, Pastor, Pastor, Brother, Brother, wait, wait, wait. Brother so and so, what you are preaching, is it in the Bible? Where is it in the Bible? <laughs> These days we don't do that. We don't checkmate the, the preachers. Even after preachers are preached, people don't come to and say, so this thing you said, I have a problem with it. Or I'm not clear about it. Because many people take it for granted. It's like, oh, okay, this one I'll put it aside, move on. But you mu- we must get, we, we must certify it. We must endorse it. Get it right. Be fully persuaded. Moses told the people of Israel in, in, in Deuteronomy 37, 32, verse 47, he said, this word which I'm giving to you, it is your very life. It is your very life. It is your very life. But many of us think, oh, Bible, there's a wuchinewa, no afa. Like 9-11 came, everybody in America bought a Bible. Within a month or two, all Bibles got finished. And a few months after, everybody went to their business as usual. May it not happen to us. Say amen. We thank God that we have his word. Amen. We thank God. That he, we are part of the body of Christ. 
heart of the church, 1 Timothy 3.15, tells us that the church is a custodian of the secrets of God. The pillar of the truth. Today in the world, everybody is looking for truth. From the north to the south. The presidents are looking for truth. Even chiefs who go to the, the blast too, they are looking for truth. There are many chiefs who are restless. Who are inviting evangelists. Come to my territory. Come and preach the gospel. So that I will know the truth. This thing that I am in, I'm not comfortable. I want to quit. They come to the church. You are in the church. I am in the church. We have the truth. The church is a powerful agent of God to unleash, to release the blessings of God, the secrets of God, the virtues of God, the values of God. The church. Many of us think, oh, I can just autopilot. Once I'm, I'm okay, I'm, I'm, I'm born again, I can autopilot. I pray for you that you understand the value of the body of Christ. Treasure the body of Christ. Treasure the people of God. You know, sometimes you hear people say, make statements like, oh, we try the Christians are right now. The way the Christians are, they are, they, they, they are not correct. It's true. They, you may have some problem with some, some of the Christians, even some of the pastors, even some of the bishops, some of the, 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 the high titled ministers. But I tell you, the foundation of God his relationship with humankind lies in the church. The scripture says clearly in Ephesians 2, from 19, 20, 20, 22, talks about this thing. It says, God, through Jesus, has established his revelations through the church, through the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. We may not understand all mysteries. Why it happens? Why do pastors, why do clergy create problems sometimes? Why do we have bishops who err? Why do we have people who deviate? That must not change your trust in the fact that God has still deposited the riches of the kingdom in the church. And it's not only held by the bishops or the pastors or the prophets in the laity like John Wesley said. It's there. Priesthood of all. Everybody is part of it. it says for Ephesians 4 16. We grow by that which every joint supplies. So the lady are part of the joints. Every joint supplies something. The clergy will, so don't look at the, the, the clergy and be discouraged or be afraid. The church is still strong because it's founded on Christ. Value the church. Treat the church as God's household. Treat the body of Christ. As the people that have the, the, the custodians of the mysteries of God. And it will be well with you. Say amen. You'll be blessed. And God will unveil his secrets to you. Seven things you must not take for granted. The word of God. The church. The relationships we have with people. Human beings all over the world. I always say that human beings are difficult. I am difficult, I believe. You too are difficult. That's why the scripture says, endeavoring to maintain the unity of the faith in the bond of peace. It's not easy. As you are pointing to me or to you, you too, we are difficult. So let's find a way to accept people. Worldly people especially. The unbelievers, those who are not Christians, 
they are not they are even Christians are difficult. How much more than unbelievers? Hey, it's not a joke. But I'm telling you, there are many treasures. All the world's money is not with the Christians. All the wisdom, the books that we read. When I was writing uh, Common Entrance, quantitative book, it was written by Adekunle Alomularan and Foba Frank also very much champion. I don't think they were they were Christians. But I wrote, I read their book and I passed Common Entrance. Dixon and Benet, geography, all level. My BK teacher, Kwakupom, who later on became born again, the Synoptic Gospels. He said the God of the Old Testament was very wicked. And the God of the New Testament was very kind. <laughs> he was the one who said, you ask questions. You, give the context. You give the context. And when you failed, he said, get up, keep standing. So the one answers the question. So all of you standing who could not answer my question, come to, come to my house after lunch with court glasses. <laughs> Hallelujah. At that time, he was not born again. He did it. But later on, I left all levels in 1980. 2004, I met him. And he, said, he told me, I'm now born again. I've received Jesus. Hallelujah. But his book helped me to pass all level RS. Who wrote about totemism? Abner's uncle. Coming from Eswatere in the Brongahapu region. He wrote a lot about African traditional religion. At that time, I don't know whether he was born again. But reading his book helped us pass. So, not all the wisdom is with the Christian church. So, if, you, if, you, if your life is hidden just in the church, and you don't appreciate scholarship and the people that are in the, in the world, some way, some other, the, the, the system somehow, and you don't understand, we can create problems. We, we must learn to appreciate that as we are thanking God. Sometimes a president may not even be born again. A leader, the, the, the minister, may not, but God can use them. Kwame Nkrumah was not born again, but Ghana, everybody is always supposed to be, Kwame Nkrumah, Kwame Nkrumah. He wasn't speaking in tongues. Nkrumah never spoke in tongues, to the best of my knowledge. He tried to be a Catholic priest. It didn't work. That's all. That's the closest he came to the faith. But today, Ghanaians are always boasting and comparing every president with Kwame Nkrumah. As if he, he was born again, and he was charismatic, he, he had uh, nine major gifts, and he was a prophet, he was an apostle, he was not. Amen. But you see, when you understand that you don't have to undervalue anything that God has created, anybody God has created, human beings, systems, some of the systems, you look, you ask God for discernment, so you keep away from the area that will pollute your faith. But as we appreciate the, 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 the things that God has done for us, the government and the leaders at any given time, they may not be known in the sight of the house or the church. But my brother, my sister, be careful. The relationships. You see, in Deuteronomy 6, says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Then the second commandment, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. So it's a great commandment. In the New Testament, last week we heard it. Who is your neighbor? Or go, go, where is your neighbor? So, those unbelievers, and sometimes some of the things they establish, we need to thank God for them. When you sit in church, when I sit in church, and I pay my tithe, now I don't have to write a bank check, but I look on my phone, and I dial in, and I put my check, I transfer the money to the church account, and you do the same. 
Easy. No check. For, for the whole of last year or two, I think I saw a few checks. I don't think I've used checkbooks. And those people who did that, I thank God for their lives. You should thank God for their lives. That's what I'm talking about. People may not be of your kind, but thank God for them. Appreciate them. Don't despise. Don't take them for granted. Amen. But most importantly, let's not take our relationship with God for granted. God loves us all. God loves us all. So I can do anything. In Romans 1.21, I'll end on this, and then we'll pray, and then we'll have our memorial service. Romans 1.21. Because when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Some of us have become too familiar, or can become too familiar with God. We take it, I mean, it's like day by day, night by night, we're just moving on autopilot with God. God, good morning, we go see you tonight. Good morning, good afternoon. It's like we're just moving on, moving autopilot. As we thank God for 2019 and enter 2020, let it be a different relationship. Deep calls and deep answers. If we go deep with God, God will go deeper with us. Say amen. People who did not recognize God, when they encountered him, the people of Israel, God at the point gave them up. May God not give up on us. May God not give up. But we should be thankful. Thankful. Get intimate. Some of us are afraid to be intimate because we, when we were children, we were told that when you get close to God, you get mad. Even books like Revelation, we never, you are a Christian, six years, five years, you've never read the book of Revelation. Because nobody told you that when you read Daniel and Revelation, you will get mad. You don't want to know God. If you want to know God, seek His word. Get close to Him. Desire Him. Decide to wait on Him personally. Isaiah 40, 31. What does it say? We end on that. Isaiah 40. But they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be You don't want to be weary in life. So, this year, before you enter into next year, say a prayer to the Lord. Say, Lord, I'll wait on you. Treat God as important in your life. Spend time with God. Draw close to God. He will draw nigh to you. Humble yourself before God. Know that He is looking at everything you and I are doing. Let Him be the judge of all the things you do. Don't look at me. Don't look at the church. Don't look at the pastor. Don't look at only your husband or your wife. Look at God. Let Him be preeminent in your life. Then you will make a difference in your life. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Say a prayer to God. Admire Him. Don't despise God. Don't downrate Him. Don't make Him less important. When you have money, let Him be the one that receives the best. If you have time, let Him be the one receiving the best of your time. That shows that you appreciate Him. Make God important in the coming year. In your priority setting. I pray for you. I pray for myself. Amen.